What's up, Everlast, and all who are listening into this podcast? My name is Kev, and I get to be, by God's grace, the young adult pastor here at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Everlast is our young adult ministry, and listen, God is doing such an awesome work in our midst. The reason why this particular recording doesn't sound like other recordings is because, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, the sermon that I preached on October 11th uh, wasn't recorded. And so I'm here in our Calvary Worship Center studio recording this podcast for you. Super stoked for what the Lord has in store. And with that being said, let's get started. We've been currently in a series called B. And it's in this series where we have been looking at a handful of different moments in Scripture where God tells us what to be, how to be, and ultimately to be with Him. To give some examples, uh, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. Also, be strong and let your heart take courage. Or even verses like, Do not be anxious about anything. And it's in this podcast where we're going to be going to our next B verse. So if you've got your Bibles... Uh, that'd be awesome. If not, I'm going to be reading it here so you can just listen along. Uh, we're going to be going to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. So again, that's Ephesians 4, 32. Here we go. I'm going to read it. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. And I tell you what, let me just pray for us real briefly before we dive all the way in. Heavenly Father, you are so holy. We honor you. We love you. Thank you for loving us despite us. Thank you, God, for supplying us with amazing grace. God, we're so thankful for the work that you're doing in our midst here in our young adult ministry. We're so grateful. God, I pray that you would speak to us in this moment. Help us to grow in our understanding of what it means to be kind. We love you. Speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, one of the most kind men I've ever known is Mr. Lowe. Mr. Lowe was my choir director in high school. How was Mr. Lowe kind? Well, I'll tell you this much. It wasn't just in his words, which words, as you may know, go a long way. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. As a matter of fact, our words literally do one of two things. They build up or tear down. They encourage or discourage. They bring life or death. Ephesians 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Y'all, Mr. Lowe's words seem to always have kindness attached to them. But it wasn't just the words themselves, it was the very tone with which he spoke the words of kindness. You see, even his tone of speech was laced with kindness. I remember always thinking, and honestly, to this day, man, I, I want what he's got. Why is Mr. Lowe kind? By the way, I say, why is he so kind? Because by God's grace, Mr. Lowe is still alive and well today, married to his lovely bride, and they, you know, they uh, reside in Texas. That's where my wife Tina and I are from. Texas is awesome. We love Texas. That's where they live. So again, why is Mr. Lowe so kind? What does he have? 
He has the unconditional love of Jesus so deep within his heart that when squeezed, it comes out via his words and even oozes out of the tone in his speech. Not just his approach to words and words themselves, y'all. It came out in his actions. Y'all, to this very day, Mr. Lowe sends me daily devotionals every morning. I, I turned 35 years old literally just a little over a week ago. And I've been out of high school for a long time now. So if this says anything, anything about Mr. Lowe, I mean, y'all, he's the real deal. Such a kind man. And I believe one day, you know, just like all of us, right? <laughs> Mr. Lowe's heart will stop beating and he'll breathe his last breath. Now that sounds kind of dark, but it's just the truth. You know, our senior pastor here at uh, Calvary Worship Center, Pastor Al Pittman, he says there's a one in one chance that we'll die. All of us will die. That's just, it's not to be scary. It's just the truth, you know, and, and do you, do you want to know what I though am convinced what most people will remember Mr. Lowe by? Uh, you see, Mr. Lowe was and is y'all so very, very respected. He's a military veteran and, and he, who proudly served our country. He's a genius in his field of expertise, I would say. That is music and composing, directing. He worked hard for well over 30 years in the public school system, inspiring thousands of students. You know, it was, uh, it was, it just dawned on me, like I'm obviously one of thousands of students. And I can literally say that by God's grace, I am where I am right now in my music career because of God's grace, yes, through Mr. Lowe. I mean, if you just think about it, by you know, again, by God's grace, last year I, I released my first full-length album, and the Lord laid it on me and my wife's heart to to um, to give all the profits and proceeds of this album to our church missionaries. The physical copies go to our missionaries, and then the digital sales go to an orphanage home called the Matamoros Children's Home that my family's been involved with my entire life. I've been to this orphanage home like 14 different summers of my life. And we've been able to, buy, again, by God's grace, I'm going to keep saying that, hallelujah, that my album sales, I think, you know, I uh, just got a report, we've been able to give uh, around $10,000 almost to our church missionaries. You know, there, there's a piece of land in uh, in Uganda. Our church missionaries, Matt and Noel Harris, they were able to finally kind of purchase this piece of land and build uh, Calvary Chapel Church in Kitgum, Uganda, uh, by God's grace through the album sales. And I was able to recently cut a $1,500 check to the digital sales to uh, Dr. Saul and Maria Camacho, which are the uh, directors of the orphanage home in Matamoros, Mexico. And I mean, that's just that, let alone the, the, the testimonies with the songs. I mean, um, one of the songs on my album is called God is in Control. It was a poem that my mom wrote a few weeks before she passed away at 35 years old. And, you know, all the testimonies that have rolled in from just people listening to this song. Literally, I spoke with a lady recently. She's battling breast cancer right now. And she was listening to that song off of my album, <laughs> um, while um, going through her chemo treatments. And that's just one out of dozens and dozens and dozens of testimonies. It's been streamed. My album has been streamed over 700,000 times and uh, in over, I think, 120 or 130 different countries. 
And I mean, God gets the glory. I'm so thankful for all of this. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. But y'all listen, if it wasn't for Mr. God's grace through Mr. Lowe and his kindness, inspiring me, encouraging me to dream big and to look to Jesus, I would not be where I am. Like this album wouldn't have happened if it weren't for God, for God's grace through Mr. Lowe and his kindness. Y'all, Mr. Lowe, I mean, it just, just to share with you, like how powerful is that? It's amazing. I mean, I'm just so humbled. And listen, Mr. Lowe has been a faithful and loving husband to his wife, Linda, and he's been an active and consistent father to his children. But again, when it, when the time comes and the Lord calls Mr. Lowe home to heaven, what will Mr. Lowe be remembered for? Again, I say, Mr. Lowe's kindness. Everlast, listen, kindness is underrated. <laughs> we too often equate it with being nice or, or like pleasant as though it's mainly about smiling and getting along and not ruffling feathers. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, we see kindness being a part of the fruit of the, Holy, uh, of the Spirit. That is what comes out of the believer who is connected to the vine, that is Jesus. Fruit is a byproduct of its source. And since this is the case, we can say that kindness is spirit produced. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Kindness, as we see here in Galatians 5.22, comes from the Greek word uh, krestotes, which not only means goodness as a quality of purity, but also as a gracious disposition in character and in attitudes. Y'all, wow, that's, that's really cool. So kindness literally encompasses tenderness, compassion, and sweetness in our character and our attitudes. The word krestotes is actually used again in Luke chapter 5, verse 39, to describe old wine, which in essence, is mellow or sweet, meaning that there is no bitterness in it. This helps us understand even more and better what the Apostle Paul is saying earlier in the context of our original text tonight, Ephesians 4.32. So, let's go back, alright? Right before verse 32, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, Paul writes this. He says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice then of course he then says in verse 32 like we've already read be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as god and christ forgive you he then continues right after verse 32 and says in ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 he says this therefore like what we just read is therefore be imitators of God. There's another B verse. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what we're seeing here with the kindness of Jesus is his example of how to live love as a fragrant offering, a sweet offering. 
The sin offerings of the Old Testament, y'all, certainly were never described as being sweet-smelling. But this is said of Jesus, our sin offering, who gave himself in tenderness, compassion, and sweetness because he loved us. A quick question I want to pose, though, is this. What's the difference between kindness and goodness? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what's the difference between kindness and goodness? Well, first and foremost, they're both, they're both stemming from love. You see, you, see you, you can't bear any fruit of the Spirit unless love is at its core. And y'all, I, I follow Jesus for quite some time now. And I tell you what, it's his love that motivates me. Seriously, <laughs> Jesus' love, y'all, doesn't have any conditions attached to it. His love is unconditional. He went well out of his way to love me. He died for me. His love is unconditional. And the same goes to you. Does, let me, let me ask, let me ask you this question. Just let's just get real pretty quick, right? Does your love have attachments connected to it? Is your love conditional? Think about that. Or is it unconditional? You know, uh, I've shared this story before uh, in the past, but, you know, I couldn't sh- help but share it again, especially um, in, this, uh, in this particular sermon. But as I was preparing for this sermon, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing it before me as, yeah, as I was just praying and sifting through everything. And the story goes like this, and it's a true story. It's something that I lived. But one night, um, back when I was in paramedic academy in North Texas, I was doing a clinical rotation at JPS Hospital, which you know stands for John Peter Smith Hospital. It's a level one trauma center. And, uh, and this particular hospital, excuse me, well, sorry, was a, uh, a county hospital. Y'all, there was a lot of homeless and drug and gang activity, but also they received a lot of patients who, you know, didn't have their health insurance and et cetera. Uh, this particular night that I'm, I'm sharing, uh, I remember was a very, very busy night. And uh, I was, you know, as a paramedic student, I had to get a certain amount of patient assessments. And man, I was literally running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I remember going to this patient and uh, working with them and you know there's gosh there would be I mean gang members come in that were shot and I'm having to do compressions on them and it was crazy and hard and you know a lot of people honestly I remember one particular moment this guy he died and you know we, we tried to bring him back but he died and CSI showed up and we had to I know this may sound kind of dark but we had to put his body in a body bag and and then I had to leave there and go to the rat room. The rat room is called the rapid assessment trauma room. And I'm getting, uh, you know, reps in. I'm getting, meaning repetition and starting IVs and uh, running lines on different patients and things like that. And all that to say, throughout the whole night, y'all, they're, they're, um, I kept passing this one patient. Um, I don't know her name. I remember her age. She was an Hispanic lady. She was, at the time, I think she was 35. And... Uh, and by the way, like I said, it was a very busy night and this is a county hospital. So literally there's patients on walls like wall D and then wall D E and so forth. And if there, if there wasn't room, you know, if there wasn't any rooms, they're literally putting patients on walls. And it was crazy. I kept passing this patient in this particular shift, y'all, I was working the hoot owl shift. I was working from uh, 11 PM to 7 AM. And 
man, I was so tired running around and uh, getting training in and serving as much as I can. And, you know, and my preceptor, the charge nurse, you know, was and the docs were, you know, sending us paramedic students all different ways just to, to get work done. It was busy night. So, yes, I've reiterated that. But in this busy night, um, I kept passing this patient, this sweet lady. And, uh, and the whole night, you know, maybe just because it was late, I'm not quite sure, but she didn't have any visitors. And uh, she was just by herself. And um, she didn't have any uh, hair on her head. And, you know, it honestly, I, I always get choked up. I got choked up on this when uh, I preached on October 11th. But, um, you know, I, it's a tender place for me because my mom was 35 battling cancer. Uh, same age as this lady. And, uh, you know, um, I think I just mentioned, yeah, she... She's going through chemo, didn't have any hair, and just had a, yeah. And so, anyways, I just so clearly felt the Holy Spirit speak to me as clear as day to stop what I was doing. It was near the end of my shift and to go just sit with her. And what I did, and I, I didn't administer any drugs or anything like that, or I really didn't administer any medical care, but um, what I did, I noticed that she was, um, y'all, she was, sweating bullets um but she was freezing and so as well and so i went to this incubator thing and got some i got like five blankets five worn blankets out and i got a damp rag as well and i went to her got a little stool and i I wrapped her up in all these blankets but I, i and i sat down next to her and just patted her head and just wiped the sweat away and she looked up at me and um just threw her non rebreather mask and she didn't say a word, but her eyes just, she took a deep breath, just, and her eyes just as clear as they said, thank you. And uh, I just began to just, um, I remember just praying over her and, uh, and I just told her that and reminded her and or told her that Jesus loves her and it's prayed a prayer of blessing over her. And then I left and, uh, you know, um, listen, do I share that story to toot my own horn? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's only because of God's kindness that I would be kind, period. That's definitely what we're, talk, we're talking about in this podcast. But, um, man, the Holy Spirit spoke, and I most definitely wanted to uh, be kind in that moment, knowing how God is kind to me. But, but again, listen, although goodness and kindness are... are are similar y'all they are different and let me put it this way if goodness is the car <laughs> just to kind of break the ice kind of a heavy moment or, you know it's kind of a sad moment but an encouraging moment and i'll just put it this way if goodness is the car kindness is the driver okay <laughs> and I, I defined it this way on october 11th uh, when, when i shared uh, live here at everlast but i'm going to say it again here in this podcast uh, let me define kindness Kindness is having a compassionate heart for others that motivates us toward action. I'm going to say it again. Kindness is having a compassionate heart for others that motivates us toward action. You know, that's what motivated ultimately for me to just sit with this sweet lady and to just sit with her and spend time with her and to love on her and pray for her. And like we just read in Ephesians, Jesus demonstrated in its highest form kindness and compassion for us on the cross. Y'all, anytime we doubt Jesus' kindness, all we have to do is look to the cross. 
Y'all, Jesus' kindness had action tied to it. The problem is, though, that we have watered down and made, you know, being kind to a rather mundane virtue or something. But like we've read and seen so far um, in our time together, is that the Bible presents a very different and compelling portrait of kindness. Have you ever noticed how much of Christ's life was spent in doing kind things? Jesus continually made time and continually spent time being kind and reflecting the heart of his kind father. Y'all, God's kindness is like none other. You need to know this. Jesus has never and will never be kind of kind. Really though, he, he never has a maybe kindness towards us. You know, a quote unquote, maybe kindness. God's Response to us is never, well, as example, like, well, Kev, or well, Rachel, or fill in the blank, fill in your name. Well, Seth, you, you, you know, you, you sinned, so eh, I don't really know about you. But God, you know, in our response, but God, I'm so sorry for what I've done. He responds with, well, I'm, I'm sorry too, Rebecca. You know, too bad. You know, <laughs> no, y'all, come on. That, does Jesus have a maybe kindness towards us? No. Everlast, and those who are tuning in, listen and listen close. His kindness, Jesus' kindness is always and forever a yes kindness. Listen to this. Forgiveness of sins, yes, he's kind. A right standing with God, yes, he's kind. Reconciliation to God, yes, he's kind. Freedom from bondage and guilt? Yes, he's kind. Satisfaction of our souls? Yes, he's kind. Eternal life? Let's not forget about that one. Yes, he's kind. A glorious inheritance? Yes, he's kind. Dwelling with God in a new creation with no more tears, no more fears, no more cancer, no more divorce, no more sickness, no more death. Yes, he's kind. Check this out. If you're a Christian, I'm so sorry. Let me, let me, let me rephrase it this way real quick. Sorry. If you're not a Christian, will he have you? Yes, he's kind. And check this out. If you're a Christian that continues to sin, will God have you then? Yes, he's kind. <laughs> Listen, kindness is a direct link to the heart of God. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Y'all, I would say this. Kindness is generous. For God, so love the world that he what? He gave. Show me a kind person and I'll show you a person who gives. God is kind. Kindness is the supernaturally generous orientation of our hearts toward other people. That's what I would say too. And can I say this? One of the most generous, actually, I'll just say this. The most generous man I've ever known on earth is my dad, a.k.a. Pop. <laughs> I'm serious, y'all. This dude gives. He has been such an amazing example to me and anybody who comes into contact with him of what it looks like to exude kindness through giving. 
y'all giving his time, his knowledge, his resources, um, and even his own personal strength. Y'all, my pop deeply understands what kind that that kindness is generous. Kindness is generous. My wife Tina and I, uh, Tina and I, we went on a vacation with my pop uh, um, last year, and I saw it happen yet again. He asked the cleaning lady in the in the hotel that we were staying at. Uh, from some more coffee that they put out for, by the way, they put it out for free in the hotel rooms. And she brought him some more and he proceeded to give her, I don't know, it was like 80 or a hundred bucks cash, like <laughs> just to thank her. And she, she, she started to refuse, but he insisted with his kind eyes, his kind tone, his kind speech and his kind actions. He was generous and he proceeded to tell her, thank you for getting him the coffee and more importantly, he, 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 he said, listen, he said, Jesus loves you. He said, Jesus loves you more than she could ever know. That's my pop. Listen, kindness is generous. I love what Mother Teresa said. She said, let there be kindness in your face, in your eyes, in your smile, and the warmth of your greeting. Don't only give your care, but give your heart as well. Gosh, it's so good. And it was also Mother Teresa who said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Amen to that. And with that, y'all, kindness is also a supernaturally generous orientation um, of our hearts toward other people, even when they don't deserve it and don't love us in return. Y'all, God himself is kind in this way. If it wasn't for God's kindness, we would all be damned to hell, eternally separated from him. If it wasn't for his kindness, y'all, we would not be saved. That's just the truth. Listen, y'all, his kindness is actually meant to lead people to repentance, which implies that they haven't yet turned to him and are still his enemies. Even though we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So <laughs> here's a big pill to swallow. We, we imitate God's kindness, therefore, by loving our enemies. Wow. Jesus said in Luke 6.35, Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. To be able to forgive someone that has wronged you is an awesome thing, which yet again points to the fact that the kind that kindness is an act of God in us and through us. It's not something that we white knuckle and muster up. It's, it's an act of God in us and through us. Our kindness reflects the very heart of our Father. Again, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgive you. So this shows exactly what kindness isn't. Also, can I just say that? Like, let me say something like what kindness isn't. Y'all, kindness isn't weak. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Kindness is strong. It's powerful. Kindness is powerful. In her book titled, The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert, which is about the journey from being a committed lesbian to a committed Christian, 
Rosaria Butterfield said that as a non-Christian, her impression of evangelical Christians was that they were, you know, poor thinkers, judgmental, scornful, and, and afraid of diversity. After publishing a critique of an evangelical Christian group in her local newspaper, y'all, she she uh, uh, received an enormous volume of polarized responses. So, placing an empty box on each corner of her desk, <laughs> she sorted out hate mail into one and fan mail into another. Then, I love this, check this out. She soon received a two-page response from a local pastor. Rosaria said this. She said, it was a kind and inquiring letter. It had a warmth and civility to it, in addition to its probing questions. She couldn't figure out which box to put the letter in, so it sat on her desk, I think she said, for seven days. Rosaria said it was the kindest letter of opposition that she had ever received. She said its tone demonstrated that the writer wasn't against me, but seemed to be for me. Everlast, eventually, Rosaria contacted this pastor and became friends with both him and his wife. She said they talked with me in a way that didn't make me feel erased. Wow. She said it was their kindness that played an important part of her journey to faith in Christ. And I just love to share this. Uh, Rosaria is now married to her husband and has written many books on the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you see, listen, something else on kindness. Kindness is gracious. Kindness sows words of grace. Like we just heard in Rosaria's story, kindness has a way of making not just how we say things sweet, but making what we say sweet. Can I ask you another question? Are your literal words generously and graciously inclined toward those around you? Or do you think and speak harshly to or you know about them? For some of us watching sports or talent shows like on TV or whatever, like The Voice, you know, it provides an opportunity for airing harsh opinions or on, on physical appearance, ineptitude, or, or lack of talent. Y'all, our verbal slashes too easily become part of the entertainment itself. Gosh, that's so convicting. Some of us have to admit that, you know, um, we are too often, we too often twist the verbal knife of cruel sarcasm. Think about it. Saying what we don't mean in order to drive home, more importantly, what we do. Again, kindness sows words of grace. And personally, I would say kindness has converted more sinners to Christ than anything. <laughs> you can get pumped up, energetic, charismatic, or have all the knowledge that seminary classes can buy you. But if you aren't kind, y'all listen, kindness convinces. And by the way, let me also say this. Check it out. Kindness may not be pleasant. Think about it. Kindness may not be pleasant. Let me explain. In fact, it may feel more like a blow. Kindness may feel more like a blow to the head. Psalm 151 verse 5 says this. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Y'all, Jesus called the Pharisees a brood of vipers. <laughs> that wasn't pleasant, but it was kind. 
because Jesus was exposing their sin. Listen, a kind physician cuts deep to get to your cancer. I tell you what, I would not be the man I am today if it weren't for quote-unquote kind blows of men in my life. Y'all, there's been plenty of dudes. I could give many, many, many concrete examples of you know, I being immature, you know, being stubborn, prideful in my sin, and I'm thankful for brothers in my life, men in my life that have very much so in a gracious but bold way letting me know that I'm an idiot <laughs> and that I need to repent and turn to the fullness that is in Christ. Kindness can represent itself that way. Hallelujah. Everlast, everything we've talked about in this particular sermon and in this podcast begs the question and honestly is my main question for you. Listen, here's the question. Are you kind? Are you kind? A verse that will preach and check us even more than, and, and better than the question I just asked is this. Luke chapter 6 verse 31 says, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Are you kind? Rosaria Butterfield's testimony, Mr. Lowe's, remember Mr. Lowe? <laughs> His disposition, my, my pop's disposition, and all the stories that have been shared, and ultimately the, the perfect biblical example that we have in Christ? Y'all should make us wonder just how we're doing with kindness. Are you kind? If someone were to describe you, would the word kind come up? Are you kind? Are your actions, words, and the tone of your words laced with kindness? Everlast, kindness is underrated. Kindness is spirit-produced. Kindness is generous. Kindness is powerful. Kindness is gracious. Kindness convinces. Kindness is no small thing. It is a direct heart of God. I love what Titus chapter 3 verses 4 through 7 says. It says, When God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Kindness, y'all, yields marvelous fruit both in our lives and in the lives of those around us. I'll leave you with this verse, Proverbs 21, 21. It says this, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life righteousness, and honor. Everlast, may we truly open ourselves to the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit when we ask Him to produce in us the kindness of Christ. May we strive to have kindness in our tone, words, and actions that overflow from kind hearts that's connected to the unconditional love of Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you guys, and we'll catch you next time here on the Everlast Podcast.